Welcome to From the Bronx with Love, a podcast where we explore pop culture, food, music, and as a bonus, random rants all done with a multicultural lens. We're your hosts, Karen and Dom. Hola, everyone, and welcome back to this podcast. Hi. How are you, Dom? I am still recuperating. Mm. Um. For everyone that follows us on the socials, one, thank you so much. And thank you for liking um, a lot of the posts that we post. Um, But I took over the Instagram, the podcast Instagram, to show you guys that I was living my best Afro-Latina life possible. Um, And I think I'm still recuperating because I think I went to best. (laughs) (laughs) It was a three-day weekend of a lot of, a lot, a lot of fun. I know. Yeah. I, I was also keeping up with the, your personal Instagram and, of course, the podcast Instagram. And I was, like, personally enjoying what I was seeing. I was like, this looks like so much fun. It, it It's probably going to be as much of a tradition to me as Christmas now. Oh. Yeah. So a little bit of background. Um I have seen, I don't think I like directly followed them, but like I, there's like a lot of crossover. I follow Ain't I Latina on Instagram, a couple of other like Latina, like basically things uh, like Instagram pages that have to do with the intersection of being um, black and Latino. Uh-huh. And I would just see like them promoting the Afro Latino Festival in New York City and I'm like you know what this is interesting let me look at it and they had like early bird tickets for a really really good price $85 um for a three-day weekend pass and what really piqued my interest when I looked into it was that they had a film film and wine festival Uh um so I was like sold I'm going to purchase these tickets uh it was like in various places all over New York City oh I also want to add that there was um uh there was uh, two Haitian artists that also promoted it and they would be performing um for the festival at large, so I was like, I'm obviously gonna go out and like support mi gente. Yes. Um. But yeah, so I purchased the tickets, but because it was like several places in New York City, and I kind of wanted a getaway, um, especially like you know, traveling to Brooklyn is like you need a passport because it's so far. <laughs> It is, especially on the weekend. Yeah, exactly. Especially on the weekend. And it's in the summer, so I was not take I was not doing a two and a half hour trek out to Brooklyn in this heat. I wanted to keep my sanity. <laughs> um, so that required me doing a little bit of like extra legwork and finding the cutest, nicest Airbnb in Brooklyn. And I kind of just like had a mini weekend to myself. It was really wonderful. That is lovely. Yeah, I feel like being in deep with the culture and like connecting with people and learning about this identity that I've always kind of had um, subconsciously because obviously, yes, my mother is part Cuban and my father is part Dominican and Haiti is a Latin American country. So literally i 
meet those standards. But I've never like even saw myself as that until very recently when there was a lot of dialogue. And I really appreciate the dialogue because people like me are being educated and I'm taking it further by educating myself about like being really deeply ingrained in the community. And I think that was what this conference conference festival did for me. And I think by being there and being away and secluded and like in this nice little oasis in Bushwick where there was Puerto Rican, Dominican and Haitian people around too. So when I wasn't at the festival, the festival was near me. (laughs) Um, It was self-care. It was really good, like cultural awakening and self-care. I loved it. And didn't you also feel like being surrounded by that made you, I guess, like give you more inspiration to do more creative things or anything like that? Did you feel like that at all? Yeah, definitely. um, During the film festival, because I'm a filmmaker. Yeah. um, (laughs) I I saw, we saw mostly documentaries. um, And I feel like that was a good sign because I'm although I'm working on a longer term fiction project um which is like going on two years now um I'm prioritizing a documentary project and seeing documentaries um by other people of color um and it was about social issues really was like okay I'm gonna go home and finish my project I really you know, I'm motivated. I saw different styles of document documentary um, documentary uh, storytelling. So, yeah, that did that did invigorate me. And also, I had like a free pass for all this like wine and beer. So I was like, <gasps> definitely yes. the creative juices were flowing. <laughs> <laughs> and how did your parents take this little mini getaway? Um. It's work-related, which is not t- oh. entirely oh, uh, a fib because it is work-related. I did <laughs> network oh, yes. with other creatives. So it's like my side hustle-related. Okay, but true. To them, it's just work-related. It was work-related. And they took it very well because, as you know, two, three weeks ago, we came back from a work-related trip. So, yes. you know. The getting used to it, getting used to it. It's like, it's all a part of the conditioning. <laughs> I see it as like how they conditioned us to think like, you know, there's, there's many levels, but like, I remember like the heaviest conditioning is like purity and virtue. And that's the only value you have as a woman um, is to keep your purity and virtue and like that, like be a good daughter so you can be a good wife. They conditioned us to do that. I'm just like, I'm counteracting by conditioning them to be like, no, this is the American lifestyle and you're going to have to get used to it because this is how we make money and this is how I'm going to help pay for your retirement. So Uh, yeah, (laughs) just as much as they, yeah, I'm using their own tactics against them. Beautiful. Yeah. That's the same thing that I do with my parents. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's like once we realize as first generation, the game, then we sharpen our skills and sharpen it <laughs> more so. <laughs> to work in our favor, like their, their own, I guess, like their own standards or something, which is like flip them on them. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy that you had this this trip to like, not only like, you know, 
network with other creatives, but also kind of like have the weekend to yourself. Yeah, it was lovely and a lot of selfies and I don't apologize. No, I'm not. Girl, you take as many selfies as you want, especially if the natural light is amazing. It was so, I I so badly wanted to pay an extra hundred dollars to stay there one more night. (laughs) (laughs) The hosts were so lovely. And oh, the, um, it uh, the host, I want to give a shout out. His name is Nate Nichols and his partner's name is Steffi. Um, Nate is also a fellow Caribbean, West Indian. He is mm. Haitian and Jamaican. So there was a lot of like, oh. a lot of cultural um, bonding happening. Oh, wow. Wait, so was it a house that you stayed in? And a it, was, it was a... It was, beautiful stunning apartment um it was a two-bedroom i wish i took pictures of the bathroom but then i felt weird like bringing my pic bringing my phone to the bathroom and just like taking a ton of pictures but (laughs) it's beautiful it looked like this is gonna sound like such like an insider information because we stayed in the same hotel but it looked like a really nice version of the boutique hotel we stayed in in los angeles on sunset Ah, oh, okay. Uh, I get an idea. Yes. Yeah. The bathtub, like the the shower head, was the same. The bathroom yes. was the same. Um, you and, know, I was obsessed with that shower head. I yeah. just felt like I was taking a shower and like by a waterfall or something. Yeah, it was so nice. And then, um, yeah, the beds were similar to the. It was it just like looked like a really nice, like hip hotel. Nice. Mm-hmm. It's lovely. Amazing. Mm-hmm. I just wanted, um, like, I don't want to take up too much, too much time of our, like, catching up on this. But I do want to, like, give, like, a brief, like, top line highlights about, like, the things that I was able to pull from the three-day sure. weekend. Um, I love that they had, like, conferences on the first day. I really like the structure of the whole um festival it's like not just one thing they really broke it up into like um very intellectual academic not mm-hmm. not like the whole thing is not intellectual but like it was a very academic day on friday it was very artsy and creative on saturday with film and then it was like such a nice release you know get lit dance um shake it on <laughs> sunday um, oh yeah so it wasn't like they had it all on the same days and then you would have to pick and choose you didn't have to do that i hate when it's like that mm-hmm. you remember when we went oh I, I don't think we told our audience that the reason why we went to la was because of vidcon right did we oh maybe not I don't think so. I don't think we mentioned it. You were just like, we're out in LA because people needed to see our faces. <laughs> Which is true. And it's true. People did need to see our faces. But yeah, guys, we went because of VidCon. And remember that when we were deciding on which panels to attend, it was so difficult because they had so. about like four scheduled for the same time. Mm-hmm. And they were really good panels as well. So then it was like, which one do we go to? Because, and I felt like I was like, if I didn't go to one, I was going to miss out the information. It was just like very conflicting. Yeah. I'm glad that that wasn't that situation this time. 
Yeah, I'm happy too because there was a lot that was discussed um, in terms of uh, immigration and the erasure of black faces when it comes to immigration Um, uh, and just like the census one really took me aback because I remember like maybe this was two years ago, probably a, a year ago around this time, I saw a clip of like this community, this really thriving community of like Afro-Mexicanas. And I was like, oh, yeah. although I'm not an idiot and I, I'm part of the black diaspora and I know there are black people everywhere, it just didn't, it didn't click to me. Duh, there would be black people in Mexico too. And, <laughs> <laughs> and like, but like for me, who is more in, like tapped in, who didn't know, imagine someone who isn't tapped in, how much less information that they didn't get. So um, hearing, like knowing that, like that was like a year ago, I found that out. And like, there was a census talk and like, they were talking specifically about like you are a black person in um, a Latin American country and you have every, you're like as part of the fabric to that country as every, like the indigenous and the mestizos. Um, But you still aren't counted when it comes to population. They either make you identify as just black or Latino, but like you don't make up the like make up or the homogeneous look of Latinos, and then they like discriminate against you mm-hmm. and put you into just like no, you're black, and they like make you d- deny the fact that you're black and Latino. Yes, and actually, um, one of the uh governing bodies that was that really didn't want to put Afro-Latino into the census was in Mexico. So what? yeah. I want I'm gonna get you the actual name. It's not like it's not like part of the it's like one of a council it's like one of the councils um for like census. Oh. Um yeah and it was it was like Mexico and I think Peru was one of the countries too that said no we shouldn't put it together um cuz it should just be like really distinct Are you kidding know. me? Yeah like their reasoning was stupid. Ugh. I know but like I do know that like at least until 2009 though overall um the Mexican government was uh, did start recognizing the Afro-Latino or Afro-Mexicano okay, population. Okay, they came to their census. Yeah. <laughs> Good shit. Yeah. Um, so that was something that I was like, that really, like, when you think about, like, you think about the identity as so personal, but when you think about, like, how in a very political way it affects, like, people's, like, people's every day it's like so mind-blowing and like there's so much work that needs to be done despite the fact that latin america is almost like 500 years old and there's still so much work to be done there's still so much work to be done and that's like we can say that for america too Uh, or the united states of america definitely um 
But you would think that because like Latin America is so much older, they would at least be a little bit more hip too, <laughs> you know. But I mean, no, I it doesn't surprise me because they're they they're even like that with you know indigenous people. So what can we expect from them? To be honest, if they're treating indigenous people like that too, and like the culture itself at large is heavily influenced. I know, especially in the Caribbean, is heavily influenced by um, both indigenous and African peoples. So, like, it doesn't need to be, like, very, like, African, like, bomba. It could be bachata or salsa. All of that, all of that is, I'm just using music as an example, but all (laughs) of that is influenced by um, African culture. Uh, Yeah. And speaking of music... I saw you shaking those hips. Mm-hmm. Were you trying to be Shakira's you know, co- competition? I was trying to be Shakira's competition or at least paying homage to Shakira because she's the one oh. who taught me how to do that. Um, but I really feel like after I posted that, I was like, man, we should have gotten a Patreon. We should like start a Patreon because that is primo exclusive content that we can make people pay for i was shaking these hips for five dollars a month <laughs> dom is going to recreate her own version of shakira's videos for all our patreons <laughs> so stay tuned for um b- uh, business because although i'm not for the capitalist system, I still got to survive within it. So. <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's my takeaway. Those are my takeaways <laughs> from okay. the conference. How was your weekend? My weekend was pretty chill, actually. I wanted nice. to go to the beach, but then I didn't get a chance to. Um, so I'm planning something else. Actually, I, I want to do like a mini, uh, getaway just like you did. And I've been checking mm-hmm. out some uh, areas that are not like super far away that I have to pack like my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm looking at a few options and uh, probably nothing is going to happen for July, but in August, I'm probably going to do like a little mini trip or something like that. Yeah, like solo trip or because I wanted to mention this is like my first solo getaway. Oh, you know what? Speaking of that, I have been thinking about doing like a solo getaway, but that might be maybe like around September, maybe. Okay. Yeah, I I have been giving it a thought and I'm like, yeah, I really need something like that. Yeah. Especially, yeah, with like just life in general being all Mm -hmm. hectic. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, nice. my weekend was chill. I it was so hot, um, but you know I love the summer. But this humidity was was even a lot for me. <laughs> I you know what? This is not that I wanted you to suffer, but I wanted you to at least feel a little bit of pain, a little <laughs> bit of the pain that I was feeling three, four. Five summers ago, or it's like a, it's every summer. Every summer, I feel this pain. Is when did you feel like a fraction of the fury I, I feel? No, now I, feel I know it. it. I'm. I don't want to say I'm happy, but I feel vindicated. I feel vindicated. 
<laughs> I know. I don't think I've ever felt it this much as in like previous years, to be honest. Oh, the ignorance must be nice. <laughs> That's what they say. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah. Once you, when you're like unaware, it's nice. But once you're aware, it makes you want to cry. I think because you brought it up and then you were talking about it so much that it got into my head. No, we're not playing that. You physically feel humidity, Karen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe I did influence. I think you you did have a some bit. influence on it. Yeah, yes, I did have a sure. little bit. Yeah. I guess that brings us into our next segment. you don't like if our listeners out there are like this is a bunch of bunk like it makes no sense like we're very science oriented whatever that's valid but I personally personally feel as someone who also really believes in horoscopes um <laughs> mm-hmm. uh in like planetary alignment and like universal you know feeling and spirit like that kind of level of spirituality anyways if you've been on social media at all Either whether Facebook or Twitter, I think mostly Twitter, you would know that all or not all five planets, don't listen to me, not all five planets, because I know <laughs> there is more than five planets, but <laughs> that there are five planets that are currently in retrograde, which can lead to just like a very general feeling of like the atmosphere or like your universe or your alignment feeling very off Hmm. and I think that although maybe Karen's probably slightly more skeptical than I am there have been you know some examples of just things being more annoying than usual (laughs) like what um well for me I would say definitely it's um the heat but, okay. like, that's also something seasonal. But I just feel like the heat. And I want to also say, like, in terms of personally, um, we're both women. Mm-hmm. We're women podcasters. And probably majority of our listeners are women. And if we have men here who are bothered by the fact that I'm about to talk about my period, then this is the wrong podcast for you. Shut up. I was just about to bring that up, too. <laughs> okay, but go ahead. I, I had the worst. Like, I have... I think I only had two times where I was like, this is the worst. I I wish I could just like have a hysterectomy and remove this whole thing and just like not like, I want to be done with this. Yeah. Well, we can put number three on the, we can put number three and I'm slowly building a top five list of like the worst absolute men's equals that I've ever had. But I had that like at the, at the height of like, when the retrograde was starting to happen. And I was like, you know what? This is what's happening. Because I wasn't doing anything different. The The month before was really, really easy. Not really easy, but like easy in given the circumstances. Like I was functioning. This one that happened, um, and it was a week long, and it usually lasts for four days instead of eight, like not even a week. So it lasted eight days. So it was a week and a day. Oh, God. Yeah, and so it was like double the four days, and I don't think I was functioning a single day. You slept most of the time. I I would sleep like 12 hours, like just like like at night and wake up like 12 hours later, wake up, make coffee, 
because I would feel super fatigued and have brain fog. And I would, I remember I messaged you. I was like, cause you messaged me and then I didn't respond. I was like, Karen, I've only been awake for 50 minutes and went right back to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) And I was taking, so I was like sleeping long hours and taking naps in between. And then I wasn't, then it would come time that like I would sleep long hours, but like I would fall asleep around two because I couldn't fall asleep like around ten because I was sleeping so much during yeah. the day. It was a mess and like I just like pure fatigue, just very heavy, a lot of brain fog, um, withdrawal. Like I wasn't that sociable um, with good reason because I probably would our friendship would have probably been over. <laughs> we talked too much and I snapped. You see, that's how I feel right now. I, I, well, actually, no, I don't feel like I'll snap at anyone, but the littlest complication that comes across, whether it has to do with work or my personal life or anything, I just feel like it's the end of the world and it's not going to get fixed. And I should just like reevaluate my life decisions and, <laughs> Yeah, earlier I was just like, what am I doing with my life? Like, I need to get my things together. I was out of it. And then I was like, no, relax. It's the hormones. Your period is closed. Yeah, but every single little thing just seems like it's 10 times worse. Yeah, it. you have... I want to congratulate you, by the way. I don't know if this is something that comes with age or, like, wisdom. Not that I'm calling you old, but, like, you know, the older you do get, the more wiser you are. Yes. And I don't know how you, even in moments like this, maintain clarity. If I want to wig out and I, I don't blame my hormones i i'll blame it later but i will fully give in oh you see before i was like that that's how i was before i yeah, was like i i feel like i would have completely forget that my period is close and i would just act crazy <laughs> that's me i'm just like yeah and then i'll be like oh my god i'm so sorry it was like bleeding for your 72 yes. hours me right there <laughs> versus now but I feel like now it's just like I don't get irritated as to like just the littlest thing people do it's more of like I blame it on myself and I feel like everything is on me and I can't I don't have the power to solve it and then I just Mm -hmm. feel like my life is horrible and I make this whole conflict in my head for like the smallest thing. But then at one point I'm just like, no, no, relax. It's the hormones. You're okay. Just breathe, take a walk, you know, throw some cold water on your face. And I get through it. Mm, I don't know. You're going to have to do a podcast boot camp with, (laughs) I'm sure I'm not the only one who just like, just wants to like literally i want to like you know how when angelica for any like nickelodeon viewers would throw a tantrum do you remember that one episode where she threw a tantrum and like her parents like were gonna let her just have her my parents don't love me (laughs) that's me you're angelica pickles I'm Angelica Pickles, literally ripping paper, crying, falling on the floor, just like 
I, it, <laughs> I, I, I don't even make words. I'm inconsolable. Like, and it could literally be because, like, I wanted ice cream and they forgot to put sprinkles in the ice cream. That's the trigger. <laughs> That's a trigger. Well, I want to give another story about, like, how insane I am during this time. So we're both really good, big fans of um, the Santa Clarita diet. Oh, yes. And I remember this wasn't, like, a terrible, terrible cycle but I remember it was during the weekend so I was like not doing anything and all I did was like watch the Santa Clarita diet in one sitting or like just during the weekend so over the course of two days and I mean like for anyone who watches it like you guys know how lovely like the main married couple's relationship is like they're like quirky and they're weird it's a very weird show they're quirky and they're weird but the main thread is that they're gonna stick together and they're instantly supportive basically she's like without giving too much away she has this disorder that makes her mm, kind of a zombie and her (laughs) husband and do whatever I can to help you and not just like oh I want to fix you so you can be like quote unquote normal but he's like I want to help you in like currently process how yeah kind of like what you're it. going through yeah yeah which is I think is like the best kind of support not just like oh let me fix you and like let's be very rigid about it because sometimes you just like want to vent to someone and you just need them there yeah not like Exactly. And I think that's a really authentic kind of support um, that sees you, that like centers your feelings rather than like, oh, let's just like make it okay by some kind of standard. Yeah. Um, and that made me cry. Like literally <gasps> watching them, like it was, it's a, it's a comedy, but I'm like watching them and I'm like, I want, like, Joel is such a good husband. Like, <laughs> like um, there are good men out there, especially white <laughs> guys, because, like, you know, white men are awful. So, <laughs> so I'm, like, crying because, like, this one, this literally one representation <laughs> of a cishet white guy being, like, exhibiting, like, very human, like, human emotions and being right. very human made me ball. <laughs> From a comedy. <laughs> From a comedy. And, like, yes, it was completely hormonal, but also that speaks to our larger society, which is, like, we're so... Um, things like that, especially with the current climate, and, like, look at the kind of people who are in power. They're, like, someone who shows, like, solidarity to someone else is nice. Yeah. And made me cry. Yeah, I know. <laughs> But actually, speaking yeah, yeah, of how is... you said that the husband from Santa Clarita diet is very supportive and he's just like, you know, we're going to get through this. I, it's not like I want to fix you, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you're like that, Dom. You're very supportive. I feel yeah. like when I'm going through the, through those days where I'm just like anything irritates me, I can just like rant about it with you. And I feel so much better because I know that you're, you're, even if you don't answer me like immediately, but eventually you'll get back to me and say something that will just make me feel way better and mm-hmm. not make it sound like I'm going crazy or something or like there's something wrong with me. I am 
the craziest person I know other no. than my parents. So I can never be like, oh, you're crazy. Like I could <laughs> never call someone else that because I know I'm like, I'm insane. No, but I feel like you're very supportive in that aspect. Like I can just like text you my rants and you'll mm-hmm. actually pay attention not be like, oh, she's crazy because she's just on her period. Oh, never. <laughs> so I really, I, I feel like we should really highlight that about you, Dom. Oh my God, this is like turning into a love fest. <laughs> yes. I but appreciate actually, that. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you tell what. Me, yeah, I was literally going to ask you. I was like, I want to know what how retrograde is affecting you right now. Okay. So you know how, I think it was last week. I can't remember what day. Miss... Um, mm-hmm. Kylie Jenner was on the <gasps> cover of Forbes. Yeah. Okay. So for those people that are not aware, she was on the cover of Forbes. Of Forbes. I was about to say Forbes. <laughs> <laughs> she's on the cover of Forbes. <laughs> because she's on the list of like the youngest um, millionaires. Yeah, or like close to billionaire. Close I know. I like honestly didn't follow it closely, but I know that she is quote unquote. They called her self made, and I was like, Mm-mm. oh yeah. Actually, Francesca Ramsey had a whole rant about that. Yeah. Did you see it on Twitter? I did. I yeah. did. Yes. I just wanted to retweet every single thing and like it. Well, I think I did like everything that she posted, but I wanted to retweet as well. But I was like, okay, let me just calm down. No, you can spam me. (laughs) I don't care about your other followers, but I'm I'm here for it. Lord knows at like three o'clock in the morning, I'm retweeting 15 Yes, you are. Because I wake up to your alerts. (laughs) (laughs) So you can do the same to me. Well, now it turns out that because she's on that list of the, of, you know, she's close to being a billionaire. Mm-hmm. So now people are donating money to her to become the world's youngest billionaire. Okay. You know what? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You're, mm-hmm. Okay. Let's go. Why? And then on the article that I found from Business Insider, her estimated net worth is $900 million. Okay. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the people that are probably donating to this fund are probably, okay, I don't want to judge, but they're not making millions out here, I'm assuming. So why are you going to give your hard-earned money to this ungrateful brat? Because that's what she is. Right. Exactly. Like, she was born into money. Yes. Like. Even before, like, people were like, oh, you know, I know I saw this, like, it was supposed to be a joke and, like, ha, ha, ha. But people were like, oh, I need my sister to, like, make a tape so I can, like, so we can capitalize off that and we can be, like, the next, like, rich family, blah, blah, blah. No, no, that is not actually how they, like, they were already really wealthy. Like, their father, Robert Kardashian Sr., mm-hmm. represented OJ, like, that was, like, a landmine um, case and made a lot of money off of it. Like, and even before he made money off of the OJ Simpson case, he was still a very rich partner lawyer making money. Like they were living in freaking Bel Air or wherever. I think Bel Air they actually were living in. 
but yeah so they so they come oh, from money they come from money like even i think even before like or at least kim was like a toddler they had money so this whole like oh you know kim was able to like launch her career off of like something a little unfortunate like her sex tape le- leaking whatever no <laughs> no no and, and so it's like why why are people doing this? There are other causes out there to support. Like we mentioned in our last episode, go donate to Raices. People actually need that money. But no, here they are donating to her. I mean, what, what is it that she does? She has the reality show. She slaps her name on like makeup brushes and makeup palettes that are from what I've heard. They're trash. They're mm-hmm. not really worth at the price that they that they're sold at. Mm-hmm. So, um, like, she's not even selling quality products. So, why are we out here pretending like she is like this self-made person that went from like riches to to I mean rags to rags to riches? Come on, right. no. Right. It's like I'm gonna gonna go probably okay. I'll like not be so like annoying about it when I do on Twitter get into these like these anti-capitalist rants but like what is it about this society that like we are so and I'm not I'm saying we at large like this I'm not playing this nonsense I know you're not playing this nonsense but like there's just such a glorification of people making money that we will actually sacrifice our own well-being and like take out of our own pockets which are semi-empty anyways because we're just like under crushing amount of debt as american citizens to help people get richer like no what is the state like what does it say about our like freaking society that like people will literally make a gofundme and make her a billionaire even if she was you know what the only way i would like only way i would probably be like be like okay maybe someone deserving like let's get them to a billion is like one probably me um (laughs) (laughs) but i know what i would do with the money but like maybe it's like malala you know what i mean oh yes so like or like donate a billion dollars to the children in flint who are still like their water still has lead in it Thank you. Put like money into infrastructure. Like, oh, okay. There are so many other things to donate money to. Mm-hmm. And Kylie is not one of them. Like that, that should not be on the list. So yes, that got me very upset. I was like, no, why are we focusing on this person when there are so many other important mm-hmm. causes out there? I was like, people, I mean, what can we expect from the current generation if this is what they're spending their money on? So, right. Yeah. Something that got me really mad. Yeah. That just got me real riled up and I'm not even hormonal. (laughs) But I don't think you need to be like in a different state. Like you just need to be a human being with eyes to be like, this is stupid. (laughs) <laughs> and then the thing, yeah, and then the thing is that I was reading some of the comments from people that were defending her and saying that, you know, 
she went through a lot in order to like just build her her business and her modeling career all this I was like what is this what is this a lot she like just went through a ton of surgeries that (laughs) are elective and she didn't need to remove um like cancer cells or anything like she she didn't go through a lot she literally she put her body through a lot yeah and she did a lot for her image to then sell and capitalize and make a brand for herself. Yeah, because that's what it is. It's her brand. Like her body, basically, I guess it's like, or her image. That's, that's, her, that's what sells. But yeah, I was just like, let's not glorify these people that come from money and don't really know what the struggle is like to put your name out there, to put your brand out there. And to literally start with nothing and just invest in yourself. Meanwhile, she came from millions. She has the family name. So, no. No, indeed. Yeah. That is one of the things that I was just like, no, this cannot be happening. I like like our RAM sessions. This kind of feels like therapy. You know, I also want to say because i'm very defensive of el bronx yes and the beautiful people that inhabit the bronx and mm-hmm. come from the bronx so much so that sometimes i will also defend miss j-lo to like against you like i have miss yes, j-lo's yeah. back that's how much i love the bronx <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you and mentioned um, J-Lo off the air, but I, we didn't go into detail about it. Can you tell me more? Well, this isn't, I'm just like giving that example is that I'm just like setting it up that I really am like, there's a special place in my heart for the Bronx and I don't like when people come for the Bronx and there's, well, Vice by way of Brooklyn is coming for our babies. <gasps> yes. So that's what I wanted to set up. No. Uh, there's nothing new with J-Lo. I'm oh, not really okay. paying attention to her. Okay, good. <laughs> I just use her as, like, Bronx cred. Yeah, yeah. But, yes, um, speaking of the Bronx babies, these is in marrow. <laughs> I love that Bronx babies. They are. Because they're, they're, like, such sweethearts. They're they our are. Bronx babies. Yes. <laughs> Because, you know, their career is really big. I didn't mean the word babies because it's like. Right. No, yeah. it's like endearment. Like literally, yes. they, we love them. Yeah, we love them. <laughs> but yes, I did. Uh, I remember that you sent me the article and I was reading it. And it's like, what are you guys like trying to do with these and marrow? Like overwork them? Yeah. And then, and well, like, actually, here's one thing to highlight, though, because most of these mm-hmm. white people out here trying to be funny have, like, a whole group of writers. And all they have to do Girl. is go out there and read what was written for them. Meanwhile, Karen, you better go off. Go yes. off. Let me know. Meanwhile, Jesus and Meryl had no writers. I think, like, they just w- sat down, started watching these videos, and everything came natural to them. So it's like... We are naturally funny. We don't need to pretend mm-hmm. to be funny or hire a whole freaking like 20 staff mm-hmm. or something like that to be funny. So that's just something I wanted to point out because I was like, well, 
look how far they've gotten. And it's just the two of them, basically, because they don't have a staff of writers. Exactly. And like that is such a testament to one, their work ethic and their talent. Yes. And you can tell that they're, they're doing this because that's what they enjoy doing. It's not like they're just there for the money and they're like, okay, we showed up here, give us the big check and we'll just read from the script. No, like they actually enjoy what they're doing and they, and they put all their soul into it and it, it comes out organic. Everyone loves them because of that. Exactly. Exactly. And like to hear the conditions, like one, I'm not surprised cause it's vice. And like ever since, like, I think ever since like 2014 or 13, I've been hearing like vice being real sketchy. Yeah. So, and then like more recently with the, with me too, vice has definitely been in hot water and like oh, that, yeah. you know, that goes without saying, cause it's like such a boys club and very toxic. Mm-hmm. So one, I wasn't like terribly surprised that maybe there was like some kind of, um, some kind of like, you know, political, like, or just like office politics, not like politics, politics, but like office oh, politics, right. things happening in between them. But like to hear that, like, Desis and Miro, one is probably, probably the main draw for mm-hmm. Viceland that you treat them like this. And it's like you're more well known people of color. Yeah. And you're working them where they can't even, they're like, they can't really, or there was just like a discouragement, like don't discourage them to like, for them to take like vacation days. They just had to keep working. Um, um, Miro doesn't even really live in the Bronx. We'll forgive that because neither do I. Like I'm also from Bergen <laughs> County area, so we're still in the family. Like I, I can't. I grew up near where Miro now lives. Right. Um. Like Miro has a full, like a full family. He does. <laughs> he has children and a wife. And I know Desis has, you know, cats, <laughs> which, which, like, you know, that takes, you know, love to, even though they're very independent animals. But, like, right. they have lives. Like, their life is not... It's not Viceland. Viceland, yeah. It's just disgusting that, you know, employers are able to do things like that. And the level of pettiness that they cut them early two months early with because they are just like so annoyed that they got the showtime deal which probably is much better and they probably have a better like more support staff but like think about the staff that was with like everyone that does go into that production oh yeah like they didn't even think about them like so abruptly they had two months left, so they cut them so abruptly. So now, like, the people who are working on this particular show, like, where do they fall? Like, it's so selfish. And, like, when it was their last show, Jesus and Mira's last show, they were very heartfelt and very heartwarming to the people that helped them. And that's one thing I want to add about Jesus and Mira. Like, they are polemic in their comedy they're snarky they can be sarcastic they make fun they you know they'll roast you but they will they are so authentic in the way like the people who get them to where they need to be they are really authentic and they always always like we went to a live show 
Um, And they had so many things and there's so much gratitude towards like, like their beginnings. And that's why they always, always refer back to the Bronx. Like this is where you and I agree about J-Lo is like, (laughs) you know, if like a 2000s baby who didn't grow up with J-Lo from the block or grow up with like in living color J-Lo would never know that J-Lo's from the Bronx. Yeah. Whereas, like, Desus and Miro, like, their brand is the Bronx, and they're very grateful for it. You see, and that's what I love about them, because it's like, let's not forget where we came from and the people that have helped us to get here. Yeah, and I Mm -hmm. thought that was really sweet that they extended their gratitude to the people who helped them with the show for how many years it's been on. Um, Unlike... Viceland. So we can already see who is mm, the one with high, <laughs> higher quality character. And you know what? It's in the Bronx and not in Brooklyn, freaking Williamsburg. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This, you know what? Shots fired to Brooklyn. <laughs> Especially Williamsburg. Yeah. <laughs> so that but really annoyed not- me. I'm glad that, you know, now they have a better deal. Obviously, they're probably going to get paid way better. Vacation time, everything that they deserve. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, you can only be funny up to like a certain point. But if you're being overworked and you just don't even have vacation time, at one point, it's like they're going to not want to see each other. Like you and I talk a lot, but there's points where we're just like, not texting or anything like that. Yeah, I block you sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, I have this, this Karen bitch, she's going off again. <laughs> Talking about so, her hormones. <laughs> so then, come on, like, what were you trying to do to these guys, making them record, I think, like, 24-7? Right. So anyway, they moved on to bigger, better things. And we're proud of them. Yes, we are. Because that will be us in a few years. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. I'm not sure if I have... I mean, there is almost everything bothers me, especially on Twitter. But (laughs) for right now, I don't... I don't know if I am really that annoyed. I just want to give a quick little shout out to World Cup. And like, this is gonna, I'm gonna approach this very delicately because I am a Haitian woman and the colonizer, mm-hmm. France won. But you know what? I think you don't need to be incredibly pedantic and parse out, you know, the fact that France was my colonizer, and then I cannot root for them because, you know what, I'm going to root for the very hardworking black men who, (laughs) you know, want it. You know what I mean? For me, I, I'm not, not that I'm saying I'm car, car, I can't even say this word, car, parmentalizing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I am very fully aware, and this can be done in levels, I am fully aware that France is an imperialist nation, and it still um, did a lot, like, did, it's probably the, France and United States are the direct reasons why Haiti has been, has not been able to get out of the hole that it's in, um, 
And the France is also, I remember a week ago, um, Macron, he went to um, Africa and he was just like saying all kinds of wild nonsense, saying like, Africans have too many children, start saving money, like need to be more civilized, all of that, all of that nonsense, fully aware, fully aware, my eyes peeled, you know, my Twitter fingers are going off, especially at Macron, even though he's (laughs) a little bit better than Le Pen. <laughs> we'll save the French politics for another episode. <laughs> oh, <laughs> We're else? probably going to hear me speak French a lot. Yeah. Um. Uh. Where is I going with this? Fully aware, but you know what? Knowing something that is bad doesn't mean I need to discredit things that are good. And this is this is um kind of the system we're working in, and I think. You don't need to be part of the system, but you can be within it and survive within it and do what you can to subvert it. So I'm very, very happy that I think it was like 19 out of the 23 players are African descendant. I am so happy for those boys. Just like Issa Rae, I'm rooting for everybody black. Beautiful. Yeah. And I just wanted to make that real crystal claro. Oh, yeah, we for heard all that. Of, yeah, for all those people who are like, you know what, France? I'm like, yeah, we get it. We get it. France is <laughs> terrible. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> but I'm happy. And I'm happy for one of the players whose mom is Haitian, father <gasps> Congolese. So, oh. yeah. Shout out. Shout out, shout out, shout out. So I guess I wasn't like, too too annoyed that's why i was like uh i might not be too annoyed but i did want to say that so you know uh felicitations la france la france a gagné uh and we're really happy oh i love that yeah really happy for them i always have to put an asterisk when i tweet this I guess we that takes us into our next segment where we like do end on a high note with our shout outs. Yes. You who do you wanna shout out to? I okay, so I don't want to shout out the Afro Latina Festival again because I think there were um there's so I don't know, it was such a good experience and it's in its sixth year. I had no idea. Yeah, so it's been going on for a while. I wanted to shout out also that they were really great at um, acknowledging um, activists. And one of the activists that they acknowledge who um, this, there was a lot of conversation around her death, um, Marielle Franco, um, the Brazilian um, anti-policing councilwoman who was assassinated after, you know, she was giving a, a speech. And right. it's like been 120 days and still nothing um, having to do with her assassination. Um, Brazil is growing more and more author- authoritarian um, and, you know, like really breaking down democracy and being more, you know, being a lot more sketchy so and corrupt. Um so I wanted to wanted to make that a note that they, they really acknowledged her and her the work that she's done. And also I 
posted a picture and I want everyone who's listening, um, not to just like, oh, let's build up our clout, but yes. Um, but I want everyone to go like it. It's, um, it was the last day of Afro-Latina Festival and I just randomly got into a conversation with these three amazing people. They're all creatives um, and they're all Bronx Bronx based, Bronx born. And actually Ooh. like, yeah. Um, uh, one of the women who I spoke to, she actually is like from the Kingsbridge area, 231st <gasps> Kingsbridge area, which is not too far from where I was. Yeah. And one, um, one of the guys, um, he actually went to Riverdale day, um, day school. So I was like, what? This is like, not only it's like the Bronx, but we're literally like within five miles of each other. Yeah. And we just like all bumped into each other. So I just like thought that was a beautiful moment of like, serendipitous like it happened because I will never say in absolutes that things are meant to be that's (laughs) another conversation but this is a moment that was meant to be (laughs) I know you don't believe in that Tom no I yeah I have a different philosophy (laughs) (laughs) so I wanted to shout them all out um they're all tagged in the picture so yeah just Bronx Afro-Latinos doing it big and representing the Bronx. Yes. Woohoo. So this is how we wrap it up. Yeah. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram and don't forget to subscribe and rate us. Please, please, please rate us. Um, We do read um, the comments that you guys leave us. We want critiques, obviously more compliments than critiques, but yeah, tell your friends. So tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend and (laughs) you know, Bronx, I need y'all to step up and listen to us. I need everyone in the Bronx to subscribe and leave us a comment. <laughs> yes. And let Cardi B know. Yes. All right, guys. Have a wonderful week. Bye. This podcast was executive produced by Karen Almonte. You can follow us on social media to keep up with your favorite Bronx ladies. From the Bronx with Love is part of Anthology House Media.